All right. Well, it's October 7th. Sorry, we haven't made a podcast in a bit. We were kind of busy and didn't really run out of talk, you know. Um, that happened. That was, oh gosh, that was a disgrace of a performance. Well, yeah. For those of you who don't know, Max is talking about the Twins lost both games, got swept out by the Astros, a very beatable team, lost 4-1 and 3-1 each game. The biggest problem was those only two runs scored. The pitchers pitched well, only four in runs in the two games, but it was a disaster. And we get mad because people don't respect the Twins enough. They don't put us in prime time, but when we play like this, we don't really deserve it. I agree. That was not fun. Um, we're not going to go over this too much. We try to be as optimistic on this podcast as possible, but it was a 4-1 loss the first game. Kenta Maeda was fabulous for the Twins. Um, going five, or He kind of had a high pitch count, but that happens. You know, five innings, two hits, three walks, five strikeouts. You know, not bad. Then Trevor May had a good inning. Tyler Duffy let in a run that was that it shouldn't have been a run. I think there was an error in there. It was a tough um, play, but it wasn't marked an error, but yeah. it could have been played. Yeah. And then Taylor Rogers came in, gave up a had a solid um inning. Then Romo, um, you know, there there was um I think or wait, who oh yeah, Romo came in and he gave up a couple hits. He gave up the walk in the end, but the main people are like blaming this entire thing on um, on Jorge Polanco. Um, if Jorge Polanco misses that throw, basically what happened, it was top nine. It was a tie game. Or was it a – I can't even tie remember. Game, yeah, it was outs, a tie game. Runners on first and two second. Outs, yeah. And then um, Polanco, easy ground ball, fields it cleanly, uh, throws it to a rise. It's a terrible throw. 15, 20-foot throw, got to be made. Nothing else really to say about that. Um, besides that, it was just the thing with Romo too. The first two hits were like little bloopers. And then there was the air that loaded the bases, then the walk. And it was a full like count walk where he'd like a foul yeah. off pitch. Like Romo didn't pitch terribly, but he couldn't put away the guys he needed to put away. Um, the big yeah. thing for me there, that Polanco air really stunk, but it's also like, I'm not going to kill Jorge Polanco for that because all season he'd been pretty much perfect at shortstop. Had made only yeah. two errors. The Twins, the team, had only made Especially twenty, and it just happened at the wrong time. And I mean, a lot of the Twins, this playoff run was timing. In the first inning of both games, loaded the bases with less than two outs, and we failed to score both times on some tough luck, some close plays. But you got to be able to put a run, scratch a run or two across in those scenarios, especially early on against yeah. a Astros team that has a shaky bullpen, which we knew. And we got to face two relievers. One of them was a close Ryan Presley. We said it was the one guy we were scared of. The only other reliever we faced, we scored one of our two runs off of him. Like we said, if we could get to the bullpen, we could do some damage. And we did. We just, they piggybacked their starters. And we basically never got to see the bullpen. Yeah, exactly. But obviously the offense was just terrible besides the um, the first inning against Zach Greinke that we should have scored on. Um You know, we've got Matt Nelson Cruz knocked in a run. Besides that, it was kind of like, Sano had a hit, Polanco had a hit, Cruz had a hit, and um, Buxton had a hit. And besides that, the offense was um, – they were silent. So then the Twins, again, tried to well, – we said we wouldn't really break this down. We kind of are. But um, and then we lost the next game 3-1. That was um, – when you face a, a starter that has three days rest – and you go, he goes four and a third with one run, three strikeouts against you. 
that's so unacceptable. Barrios pitched well. He let up an earned run, but um, besides that, Stashek let up a run. Rogers, I don't know why we pitched him in back-to-back games. Um, and then, yeah, besides that, uh, Nelson Cruz had a hit, and Alex Kirloff made his major league debut in um, – I guess it doesn't technically count because it's in the postseason, but he made his major league debut in the postseason, and he got his first hit, and they had a pretty nice catch out there in right field. So props to him, did well. Um, and – Congrats on a on a great on a great job in your debut. We hope to see him a lot in the future. But overall, just such an inexcusable two runs in two games is not going to cut it for the Bomba Squad. You know, it's that doesn't it's not going to work. Yeah, um, I want to talk about a few things there. One of them, I'll just start with Kirloff. That was impressive to see him come in and stroke a solid single, hit a few balls hard, came up with the base load in the first inning. With two outs, which is a real tough scenario to make your major league debut in. And he hit a ball hard. It wasn't it ended up being a fly out, but it was a good at bat and that he just kept putting good swings in the ball. You could tell he was major league ready. It is disappointing to not see him get a chance till now. It's a fascinating thing about him making his debut in the playoffs is that he had his first hit at the major league level, but next spring he'll have his first major league hit, which is kind of interesting. They'll have two first hit balls because playoff stats don't count, which is weird and something if I think the MLB should change. Um, I think that your the playoffs should count towards your stats. I get why with guys like Derek Jeter, who played a whole extra, he played over 162 games of the playoffs, a full extra season of baseball, why that could mess with your stats. But if you're playing on a team that's good enough to play at extra games, I think it should count towards your career totals. That's beside the point. The other thing about Kirloff is we really should have seen him earlier in the year. When Rooker got called up around that time, you could have called up Kirloff too. Rosario had many points he was struggling. We had Buxton hurt to start the year, and we were starting Jake Cave and Lamont Wade when I really like both those guys. I think they're good bench players, good fourth outfielders, but I don't think they're Alex Kirloff, who's the Twins' future starting outfielder, future starting right fielder, left fielder. A really impressive guy who's going to be a good hitter at the major league level not too long. The other thing I want to touch on is just the not being able to score runs. The Twins struggled with this all year, really. Early on, we were scoring a lot of runs, but a lot of that was just timely hitting. We were hitting with guys on base. We were hitting with guys in scoring position. We were hitting with two outs. And then once that lock ran out, it just wasn't there. And we really need to do something to get the offense going next year. And I don't know if it's just health. We never had the nine guys we want to see in the lineup. We never had them all out there in the same game all year. But it still makes what we did inexcusable. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna quick touch on what you were saying about Kirloff having, like, how we should have started earlier. This is kind of the point where I start – pissing on the twins coaching staff a little bit um not nobody in particular but as as a coaching staff it just was not a great season eddie rosario had a bad season byron buxton was injured most of the season uh max kepler had a bad season why who like what tells you that you should be starting um a guy like brent rooker or Jake Cave, who he did fine for us, or Marwin Gonzalez, Marwin Gonzalez, I'm sorry, who is past his prime, or Lamont Wade Jr., who can work a count, but not great. Um, why don't you, why don't you, in any of those positions, I think Kirloff could have comfortably played around 20 games, maybe even like 20, 25. I think he could have easily played that if we would have actually used him, and then he would have been playoff ready. 
and he would have been such good insurance for the injuries that we ended up facing. Um, like with Buxton out of the lineup um, in game two of the wildcard series, we had Kirloff come up. If he has 30 games under his belt already in the major leagues, who's to say where we would have placed him or how we would have shaped our entire lineup. I think I'm not saying that's a, that's a series or season changing thing, but I think it's something that really just, that was one of the many things that annoyed me with the twins uh, coaching staff. Yeah. I think there's, that opens up a whole can of worms about how the twins are run, how they're managed. Um, and I was not impressed with Akabali as a manager this year. I really liked him last year. We still didn't have any success in the playoffs and I just, Felt like he's has the best winning percentage ever for managers or the best record for managers, like first 200 games or whatever. But it's just, I, this team is so talented. You expect more, especially in the playoffs, but also Rocco's big thing is keeping players healthy. And he makes sure he gives guys extra rest to make sure they're healthy and good to go. And yet two years in a row, we've limped into the playoffs with three or four guys playing hurt Polanco and Kepler and rise coming in hurt and, with guys out, Donaldson was out. Buxton missed the second game, and it's just those things. We set, we do all that to try to protect guys. It still doesn't work. It makes me wonder if that's not the best strategy or approach to it. What do you think on that, Max? Well, I like Rocco Rocco Baldelli. I'm not saying we should fire him. I don't think we should fire him. Don't take any of this as we should fire Rocco Baldelli because I do not think we should fire Rocco Baldelli. However. Um, we see, um, him making conservative choices all the time that I didn't necessarily agree with. I'm going to pick out a random game or not even a random game, but I guess it's the specific game, but here's a game. Here's one of the things I think he messed up. Um, one of the fine, or was this in the wildcard? I, this, I can't even remember when this was. I think it was in the wildcard series. Anyways, we had a good hitting situation. We had used Ryan Jeffers and Mitch Garver and subbed both of them out. We had had Alex Avila in there. Why do you take out Garver for Avila? I get Alex Avila is a veteran and is, and is a good catcher, um, but he can't hit at all, unlike Garver and Jeffers. I think Jeffers should have been in that game the entire time. Unless he gets injured, he should stay in that game. I think that was against the Reds maybe, but anyways, we ended up losing that game because, well, partially because Willens Estadio, love him, love Latortuga, but he swings at everything, or not, like he has a good eye, but like whenever he swings, people are like, yeah, he makes so much contact. That's not a good thing when you just bounce out to third base every time. Um, I like the guy, but he's just not that good, and I think that's just one of the many things that I found so questionable about Rocker's decisions. Also, in the wildcard series, I'm not like maybe Alcala was injured a little bit, but if you've got a guy like Alcala who has definitely earned high leverage situations, you're, you really mean to tell me that you would rather put Taylor Rogers in after pitching the day before? We know how bad he's been the day after, um, the, day be- the day after having already pitched, and he lets in a run that inning. If Alcala comes in, who's to say he doesn't throw two or three innings like scoreless and Baldelli just, I don't know. And then, you know, I think he was too conservative. There are some things where I think he could have gotten ejected, you know, like, like there were some times where I think you've got to like fight for your players. I know in the end of the season, he got ejected once or twice, but there's really more times where you have got 
to fight for your team. You've got to show them that every game, especially in a 60 game season counts. And I think that was so annoying to see out of Rocco Baldelli. I know it was tough to manage a 60 game season, um, especially with like injuries and stuff, but I just think that's kind of inexcusable for a team who has uh, world series hopes. Yeah. I want to hop on the catcher situation. That was terribly managed. We brought in Garber's pinch hitter for Jeffers, which if you're going to pin, there's no, since they're both right-handed hitters, there's not really a scenario where Garber's a better matchup than Jeffers. And so if you think Garber is really the better hitter, you should start Garber. If you're going to put him in, in that scenario, that means he should be the one taking all the at-bats. And if you think Jeff is a better hitter, then why you pinch at Garver? After you pinch at Garver, Garver is not a great defensive catcher, but neither is Alex Avila. They're a similar level. Alex Avila might be slightly better, but not enough where it's worth taking the guy who had one of the best season, hitting seasons for catcher in Major League Baseball history the season before out for a guy who, like, is just like a decent packup catcher, which is a good role to have, but it's not the kind of guy you want in a playoff game. And then to put in Avila... And then you get to that ninth inning and you pinch hit Astudio, who is not there for his hitting abilities, there for his fielding ability. And this is one where I absolutely think the Twins should have put Josh Donaldson on the roster, even if he wasn't 100%. The biggest part of his problem was that he couldn't play third base well. But if you are carrying him on the roster, you can bring him in pinch hit there. He will definitely not ground out on the first pitch. I can almost guarantee that. No matter what he does, he'll work the count. He'll hit something hard. I think it's a good chance he puts something into a hole and make, gets the tying run on base. But instead, you bring up Astadio and he grounds a double play to end the game. I'd not, and you could have always, if, even if you pinch at Donaldson, you bring in Astadio then to catch. It still works out. And even if it wasn't Donaldson, it could have been Adrianza. I would have so much rather seen Adrianza and Astadio hit there. Um, a few other things with bullpen management. Guys didn't get into the series at all. Tyler Clippard and Matt Whistler. Those were two of our best relievers all year. Matt Whistler, the lowest ERA on the Twins. He had the second lowest ERA of any reliever to pitch at least 25 innings this year. Like, he was dominant all season. How do you not get him into the game? Tyler Clippard is a veteran. We signed for that. In game two, we sent Cody Stashak out there for a second inning of work. Now, I like Cody Stashak. I think he's a really good reliever. And he can get two innings when you're up four runs. But when you're in a tie game, Cody Stashak is not a two-inning guy when you have Tyler Clippard and Matt Whistler, completely fresh. That's the time where you bring in Matt Whistler or Tyler Clipper. They get you another clean inning there, and the game's still tied. I don't understand why they didn't get into the game. And guys that didn't pitch at all for the Twins in this series made up like 40% of the team payroll between Josh Donaldson and Jake Odorizzi. Those were two highest paid guys. Neither of them got into it, as well as Rich Hill, um, Tyler Clippard, Matt Whistler, between all of them, that was like 40% of Twins total payroll didn't even appear in the series, which is a costly error. Yeah, I don't even know. I feel like we've been cutting Rocco too much slack like all throughout the season. We've been saying, oh, well, maybe he had some, um, like maybe there's some issue we didn't know about and this is the reason he did that. But like it, this is happening all the time this season it happened all the time like this past season there's something where like you got to be like oh maybe it just was not a good decision and um so yeah i i i don't i don't know i think it was not the greatest managing season for rocco but you're also not going to win very very many games when you are um when you're not hitting the baseball 
You know? Yeah, there's only so much manager can do if his team isn't producing for him. And that was the Twins problem a lot of the year. We had a few guys get hot at points. But basically all year was Nelson Cruz and maybe one or two other guys. It was just inconsistent. Nobody was healthy. Nobody was hitting. And I think we need to talk a little about what our offense looks like going into next year. There's some guys that are going to be free agents that we are, aren't necessarily – that we're probably not going to bring back. Some holes we could fill. What do you think of the Twins' Roth lineup looks like on opening day next year? Man, Malcolm, that is a – um, a tough question. I, I'm not going to give like one through nine or anything, but um, all right. I think our starting catcher next year should be Alex Avila or not, man. That was, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we Why should resign Alex Avila and make him the starting catcher, Max. That's a I great mean, plan. You never know. <laughs> we'll trade Ryan Jeffers Jeff. and Garver. We'll make Acevedo the primary backup. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Ryan Jeffers. Wow. That was a slip up. That was, um, I think we're. I don't think we're going to bring out Black back Avila, um, but yeah, uh, I think Jeffers definitely gets a start, and Garver should be a backup. First base, Miguel Snow. I think he had an off season. He didn't make contact, but when he makes contact, it goes far. Um, if he works on that over the off season, it's good. Um, second base, this is tough because Luis Arise is such a good player and such a good second baseman. But when he gets injured, who do you put there? That's why I was thinking Royce Lewis next year could potentially be like a bench player with Polanco potentially at short. I don't think Lewis is quite ready to get a starting role yet over Polanco. Um, depending on the season, especially next, Polanco has next year. Donaldson obviously at third base. Uh, while Donaldson, people are like, oh, Donaldson had a terrible year. I don't like him. 842 OPS is very respectable, especially for a guy who was battling injuries all season. The Twins were 19 and 9 when they were when he was in the lineup. Um, 17 and 17 with him, including 0 and 2, or when they were not with him, including 0 and 2 in the playoffs. Then, I think Alex Kirilov should be in left. Eddie Rosario, I'm going to touch up a little bit on him later. I think we should trade him unless Nelson Cruz leaves. If Nelson Cruz leaves. Eddie Rosario should be a backup player to like if Rooker gets injured or if you know you know a guy like that because then we just need that depth of like a Rosario is a decently pretty good hitter, um but nothing special and then he provides no defensive value and then I think definitely Kepler in center and depending on if it's a righty or a lefty it could be either um eh, I still think Kepler should be our opening day starter but I there's still some like. I think that's a little bit of an art. Like, you can make an argument for somebody else, but that's who I would have for a starting lineup. I'll go through and say a little bit where I disagree and agree with you. I think that there's two guys who right now you can absolutely pencil in as they will be the opening day starter at their position unless they're hurt, and that's Byron Bucks and Josh Donaldson. I think those are the two guys that are game changers for the Minnesota Twins in a way that no one else is. Beyond that, I think that Garvin Jeffers are both guys – that will play a lot next year. I think going into the year, you can have them. You'll, I think they'll list Garver as a starter just because he's a little bit more veteran, but I think it'll be about a 50, 50 split for the first month or so. And then they'll just look and you'll see which one of them separates themselves. I mean, that's what Castro and Garver were doing. And then Garver started to show that he was the better player of the two. So he became the full-time catcher. And I think that's what they'll do with Garver Jeffers next year. If Garver can can get back to where he was in 2019, he'll start being the full-time catcher, taking on about two thirds share. If Jeffers continues to like he was this year or even a little better and Garver stays where he was this year, doesn't get a whole lot better. I think then Jeffers will be the full, get about two thirds of playing time with Garver getting about a third. There is the fact that Jeffers is a little bit better um, fielding catcher, or framing catcher. 
Um, they're similar throwing out base runners. Neither is great at because they have different stances behind home plate. But um, they're both decently good, both sides of the plate. And I think it'll be a pretty even split start the year. I would put my money on Garver being the opening day starter, though. Um, at first base, I think Snow will still be the first baseman. He only had a 104 OPS plus this year, where 100 is league average. He was negative 0.2 WAR, which is really not great. But you have to consider that at the start of the year, for the first, oh, I don't know, 15 games or so, he was he had had COVID during training camp, so he had missed most of training camp. So he's like getting his second at bat against live pitching in on opening day, and he just like he wasn't making contact at all those first few weeks. He was one of the worst hitters in all of baseball. Looked completely lost, but then once he found it, he was on fire there for a while. And cooled off a little bit at the end of the year. But if you take out that first little bit where he was clearly just trying to find his swing, he hit 13 homers and probably, or like, I think it was about 10 after the point where he started to find it in like 30 games, which is an incredible rate. So Miguel Sano, when he's, he's going to be the starter, he turned out to be a decently good first base in this year, near average as a fielder. So, uh, at second base, I think it'll, Luis Suarez will be the starter because when he's been healthy, he's hit like um, – he's had a high average, high on-base guy, just super valuable to have in your lineup. And he's not a great second baseman. It, there is the worry of him getting hurt. He's struggled with that. Both years he's played now, he's had lower leg problems, knee problems. I bet the Twins will look at it more this offseason, get him on some training programs. I really hope they can do something to keep on the field, though, because he's a really fun player to watch. Yeah, his career batting was 331 and 438 at-bats. So he's just been an on-base machine, and that's huge for a team. Um, at shortstop, I think it'll be Jorge Polanco. Lots of people are saying that Royce Lewis should be the shortstop for the Twins next year, and I've heard from people that he's not ready to be the shortstop yet i've also heard that that from guys that were at the alternate site saying that alex kirloff and royce lewis were clearly the two best players there so that's an interesting thing to think about um that kirloff came up and showed he was ready so there's differing opinions i think it'll still be a little while for him but i if at some point actually receive royce lewis it would not shock me but he just wasn't great at double a when he last played there and he hasn't played above double a um, for the meantime, Jorge Polanco, I think will still be a shortstop. He had a really down year this year. He improved a lot defensively, but his offense, he wasn't hitting for power, wasn't hitting for as good of an average. But we found out after the season from Derek Balvi, the Twins general manager, that Polanco's playing through an ankle issue all year. And he's someone that he won't really tell you when he's hurting. He's just going to keep going out there and playing every day because that's just who he is. He wants to be in the lineup. And I think that was really hurting his power. Lower leg stuff is really difficult to hit for power with so you got to be able to get that force going forward and so I hope that that was a big part of the reason that he can regain some of that next year and because for the first half of 2019 he was the AL starting shortstop and he was probably the best shortstop in all of baseball for that stretch and he really cooled off down the stretch there and has struggled this year but if he can be healthy we know he's a really good plays good defense and then at third base, like I said, Josh Donaldson, he's locked to start if he's healthy. He's one of the great players in the game. He'll be there, and hopefully they can do something about his calf problems, not make that as much of a problem. In the outfield, Byron Buxton, like I said, clearly the center fielder. Even if he can't hit at all, he's worth his value defensively. And then when he can hit the way he hit for part of this year, 
when he finds a stroke, he drives baseballs. And that's why he was the first overall pick a few years ago for the twins. Um, and in the corner outfields, I think there's, yeah. I think that Rosario should go. I don't think he will go. I think the twins will bring him back. I think he will be the starting left fielder. I don't think he should be. I think twins will start with Kepler and right field, but I think that you see a lot of both Kirloff and Rooker who both, I mean, Kirloff is a very small sample size. Rooker is still a small sample size, but they both look really good in their short sample size. Look major league ready, look comfortable out there, play decently defensively. You'll see a lot of them next year. I wouldn't be surprised if Jake Cave or Lamont Wade isn't playing at all for the Twins next year. I like them both as players, especially Lamont Wade. He finds ways on base. He's good defensively, hits for some power, but he's just not as good as some of those other guys. And then at DH, I think you could see Kirilov, Rooker, Rosario gain some time. Miguel Sano getting some time there potentially. And then I think that's about what the Twins lineup will look like. Sorry, I rambled on for a while there, but just wanted to get that all out there. The other thing for the Twins to look at is um, utility guys, because both Marvin Gonzalez and A. Ray Adrianza are free agents this year. And with the injuries the Twins have had around their infield, you need one or two utility infielders who are ready to be backups all around the infield and guys that can play a lot because we've had a lot of problems with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I honestly can't even say for sure who I would like to see as a utility guy, whether we pick somebody up, whether we – because the thing is, when you're a World Series team, you can't have Marlon Gonzalez, Ari Adrianza, J.K. – or J.K. maybe as a convention, but or Lamont Wade or anybody. You can't have those guys on your bench. You have to have guys who are definitely 100% locked major league starters on other teams. Like um, – I think, I think this is something that definitely could happen. Is a guy like a second baseman, like Tommy Lasella. I don't dislike the idea of picking up a guy like Lasella. I think Lasella's a free agent after this season. If we go and get a guy like Lasella, the Angel or the Athletics needs some outfield help anyways. If we get Lasella, um, you know, I, I I don't dislike that idea, but I don't know. Um, then I think something else we need to discuss is pitching because the pitching was really good this season, but there are definitely like, we have some free agents in the starting rotation and then the um, bullpen. I think he- here's what I, here's what I would enjoy. See, I'm again, this is most likely not going to happen, but if I were to have my ideal starting rotation for opening day, um, not in order, but potentially it's Kenta Maeda, Trevor Bauer, because we're going to talk about a little bit about him later. Um, Jose Brios, Michael Pineda, John Duran. I don't know if John Duran is ready, but say he isn't. We could use many guys to fill on it. Randy Dobnak was a Cy Young candidate the first half of the year. He's a guy who, if he makes like four or five starts in that time while they're looking for another guy, he will do well. We could also bring back a guy like Jake Odorizzi, who probably won't cost too much for the next year. We could bring back a guy like him. He's a free agent this offseason. But I think that those starting five, imagine how you would look with um, Kenta Maeda, Trevor Bauer, two Cy Young, the probable NL Cy Young winner, uh, Cy Young candidate for American League. Jose Brios, a, a dark horse sign candidate, it seems like it's every year with him, but he, he pitched pretty well this season. And then um, uh, John Duran, 
a guy who um uh a guy who could be who has ace potential and um i'm sorry michael Pineda, a guy who is a veteran he can carry a team like that he's got playoff experience he's been so consistent the past two seasons i feel like that'd be a really and then for the bullpen let's see i'd like to see i'm talking about like mainly free agents but let's see um i got a 40 man roster um here i gotta really quick look that up to make sure i'm getting everybody all right alcala i'd like to see him stay chalmers and again this is the same with like lewis i think they should get a lot of spring training time maybe not starting time at the majors Clippard, I'd like to maybe see him back. I wouldn't be terrified if he didn't come back, though. Colina, I'd like to see Edward Colina. We saw a little bit of Edward Colina. You know, did not go well. Low leverage situation. We, he has yeah. good stuff. He needs yeah, to that's control a little better, and he just clearly yeah. was rattled. It's a tough. It's really tough to make a major league debut. It's a lot of pressure, yeah. even in an empty stadium. It's, yeah, especially in a big game like that. And um, Colina, I think if we use him in spring training, we can maybe put him in some low leverage situations. Randy Dobnak could be a bullpen arm, could be just like a fifth starter kind of guy or a sixth starter kind of guy. I'm sorry, Tyler Duffy, obviously bring him back. Um, Trevor May, I think we should resign Trevor May. He's got some of the best, he's got arguably the best stuff on our team. Um, then I think Taylor Rogers, we should obviously hang. I mean, we're going to hang on to him. He's still under contract. Sergio Romo is a big guy that um, has been talked about a lot. I do not think the Twins should keep Sergio Romo. He is getting a lot older. He is man what 37 now something like that um getting up there some yeah he's he's getting up there anyways um and then we have stashak who i think the twins obviously should use caleb fieldbar he'll be fighting i'm, I'm assuming for a position lewis thorpe sent down to the minors he's not that good uh smelter same thing and then i think whistler definitely should stay on the team he was so good he's not that old i think he's like 28 or something 27 um, his slider is nasty. It is nasty. Not just might be nasty. It is nasty. We saw this year. And I think if we have everybody like Kalina, for example, if we have him work with Wes Johnson for a year, he could be, he's going to be so good. Same with Duran. If they work with, if they work with Wes Johnson, we could have an insane, we could have arguably the best rotation and bullpen in the league. The Dodgers, everybody's saying, Oh yeah, how are the twins going to win the world series the next three years with the Dodgers? We could have the best lineup in the league next year. We could have the best bullpen in the league next year. We could have the best rotation in the league next year. We could have the best bench in the league next year. We could have all of that. We could have maybe not the best fielding, but we could have all of that stuff combined to be the best team in the league. And I think it's such a good possibility. I think there's so much potential with this team. I think that this Twins team, as much as we're frustrated with the early playoff exits, I still think this team is really set up to succeed over the next five to ten years. We've got a lot of young players. I mean, we're talking about – um, young arms, young bats, but we didn't even mention Trevor Larnick or first round pick this year, Aaron Sabato, who can mash at a corner infield spot. And like, there's just so many young guys that or DH after just Bruce is gone are going to make an impact over the next few years. And we've got lots of young, a lot of our stars are still young too, with Byron Bucks under contract for a few more years. We also know we've got locked up for three, like four more years. Um, Polanco and Kepler we got for three more years. Garver is still young. Jeffers just got called up this year. Donaldson we've got for four more years after this. Rise has still got five years left. Like, it's just such a young team that we're going to be good for a long time. Maeda we've still got for three years after this. Brios for a couple more. Like, 
this team isn't going anywhere anytime soon. And hopefully we can do some damage to the playoffs with this team. Um, a few things I want to talk about. The Twins are going to need an appeal, like we said. This is a weak free agent class for position players, really. There's some good pitchers out there, especially relievers. It's a good reliever market, but the Twins have a good bullpen. We know we've got a lot of depth there. I'd like to see us re-sign someone like Trevor May, but bringing an outside option, especially if they're going to be expensive, is not necessarily worth spending a lot of payroll on. One thing we could look into, though, is the trade market. We haven't heard a whole lot from teams about who's going to be available yet, but if um, we could go get an infielder of some kind, that could be great. Just someone we could move everyone around. Lots of guys. Don't. Polanco can play both short and second. Arias can play second. We saw him play some third. We could get someone who could play short and third or a little bit of something else. We could end up having a really good infield. Um, I don't know. It's obvious. I really highly doubt it's going to happen because injury division trades very rarely happen. But the Twins right now have an excess of power hitting, especially lefty outfield bats or good hitting lefty outfield bats. Alex Kirloff, Eddie Rosario, Max Kepler, Jake Cave. Lamont Wade, all guys that can hit at the major league level. We've seen him do it and play the outfield, not really center field. Um, Cleveland is someone who really needs outfielders, outfielders who can hit. And they have a few, they have been looking to trade some of their young infielders. I don't think it's going to happen seeing as it would be in the division, but that's something that would look great for the twins. From my opinion, it's just not going to happen. Other players that might be shopped. The Cubs had some players have rough years this year. I don't know what they're going to look like going next year, but they're losing some of their pitchers, and over the next few years they're still going to. They had a good year this year, but they got some good luck, and they've got some players that they might be looking to trade, including Javi Baez. I don't know who else who's going to be on the market exactly, but that's something the Twins could look at. Do you have any names you're looking at, Max? Um, so, yeah, Trevor Bauer I'm really looking for. Uh, I think a guy like Tommy LaStella, again, I have – Really high on Tommy Lasella plays a good deep, plays a good second base would be a good backup maybe for Luis Arias. Think of that. Tommy Lasella is the starter for the Oakland Athletics. who made it farther than the Minnesota Twins in the in this. Um, he would be really really good um, for the Twins as a as a backup guy. He could split time with Arias maybe if if Arias is playing not at, not to not to his potential. I don't think we're gonna get him, but I think a guy like Lestella would be good. And this, um, really quick, Malcolm, I think this offseason needs to be one of the biggest that we've seen from the Twins. Of course, we made, we got Donaldson and Maeda, but when, like, I'm talking, when we were thinking about it, Maeda wasn't a guy we were like, oh, congratulations, we got Kenta Maeda, and we are like, Josh Donaldson, let's go. That Josh Donaldson was the big guy. If we get Trevor Bauer, sign all these guys, Get real, like sign Nelson Cruz. That's a big offseason. I'm happy with Yeah, I'd like to see the Twins go out there. I um, do just want to add, though, um, I think the Twins should absolutely go out there because we want to see a playoff success. But I think if the Twins, especially if they keep the expanded playoffs, even if they don't, I think the Twins could go out there and lose all the guys losing free agency, not add anyone new. And we could still, I think I'd give up, I'd make us favorites to win the division next year. Because it's still like we were talking about that lineup. We've got so many good guys there. Our rotation would still be Kenta Maeda, Jose Brios, Jacob Rizzi. Or not Jake Odorizzi. I, I would actually really like to see us bring Jake Odorizzi back. That would be a big get. He was really good when he's been healthy over the last couple of years. He's just struggled a little bit to stay on the field, which can be dangerous. But also, we know he's been good. He likes it here. We like having him here. But Michael Pineda, I like Randy Dobnak. I'm a really big Randy Dobnak guy. 
Joan Duran, just we've got a lot of talented pitchers. Our bullpen, we're not losing that much. So I think we can bring this same team back, losing the guys we're going to lose, and still win the division next year. But I would love to see us add some guys for October, trying to get top seed, make it deep, make a World Series run. There's I The ceiling is crazy high for this team, and I'd like to see us try to reach it. Yeah, um, might I add, um, this is kind of a small little fun thing, but um, if this website that I'm going off of is right, the Twins have 124 days until spring training 2021. That sounds about yeah. right, I think. Um, but yeah, that would, man, Malcolm, I'm so excited for Twins baseball in 2021. Yeah, now we just got to make it through another off season. It's been about almost a year since we started this podcast or the week after the World Series last year, I believe. But we're coming up on a year of this podcast. And well, it was not the year of Twins baseball we envisioned podcasting. We ended up winning the division and making the playoffs, which ended up, we signed Josh Donaldson. It was a good year of baseball for the twins even if we didn't get the exact the results we wanted and yeah i can't wait for next season to start up counting down the days yeah um i can do a quick just recap what you think we're going to do over the off season when it comes over the off season we're hoping to keep up the every week but if things get busy for us we might drop down to about every two weeks with if there's not much happening if anything if there's any big moves like we did with the josh Donaldson sign this year we'll record that night if we can, or like the next day, if there's anything huge. Um, and we'll try to just keep doing stuff. We'll recap this year. We'll talk a little bit about next year. We'll talk about rumors we're hearing. Just ha- do some fun stuff, like some trivia or whatever about the Twins. Just we'll keep doing it all off season, counting down the days again until the next year of baseball. Thanks for listening to Bomber Breakdown. Remember, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Bomba underscore Breakdown. That's B-O-M-B-A underscore B-R-E-A-K-D-O-W-N. Thanks for some Bomba Breakdown.